0: Football, 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 It's the football, 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 and sometimes other sports show. Here's your host, AJ Nicoletti. What up? FFFSOSS.com, at FFFSOSS. Twitter and Instagram, at uh, trish.tv/slash aj nick three maybe cowboys eagles stream maybe 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 i got you know like that's a lot and also like uh, i don't like the eagles <laughs> i don't like a lot of their the guys especially the coach so i don't know if i we should do a stream for that game <laughs> but maybe we will i don't know we'll we'll see we'll see but um if we do do a stream it would be trish.tv/slash aj nick three um i was looking at xbox x Whatever the one the the big one is called prices, I might get one of those to stream. Maybe, maybe not, depending on what goes on. We'll see. But if we are gonna stream any games, Twitch.tv slash three, I should say. All right. Big show on this Tuesday. In the kickoff, we will have college football playoff announcement reaction. I'll go through it all, give you all the takes. Uh, and I will basically tell you why the committee got it right to a point. To a point, because I can understand where people are gonna argue. So we'll we'll t- we'll have those arguments per se. Okay. So then we'll do a NFL Week 13 recap, back to the college football for conference championship recaps, then to footy across the pond, weekend soccer recap, and then a midweek Premier League preview. Some matches going on. And then talk some college basketball. End of the se- uh, end of the show will be triple locks and pick six. Um. Could talk golf. I guess maybe we'll talk golf at the end, but uh, it's good to see Tiger again, obviously. Yeah, we'll do we'll do some golf at the end. How about that? Okay. So I'll make a note of that golf golf at the end. <laughs> make a note of that. All right. Uh, well, so we'll do college football playoff announcement, reaction in the kickoff, NFL Week thir- 13 recap, college football conference championship recaps, weekend Tiger recap, midweek Premier League footy, college basketball, some golf talk, and then Star pull and pick six. So a big show on this Tuesday. Kick it off. College football playoff announcement reaction. And as you look at it with Michigan in the one spot playing Bama at the fourth spot and the 2-3 game being Washington and Texas respectively, the college football playoff committee got it right to a point. And I will say why to a point? Because they have Florida State, five. Georgia, six. Ohio State, seven. What they really should have done, I have the first four correct, and then I would have put Georgia, Ohio State, Florida State. And if Florida State has their quarterback, they're probably in, and either Texas and, or Bama are out, and we are having a lot of debates how you can leave the SEC champ out, but Texas beat Bama at Bama, so they have to go. Like Those arguments would go on forever, right? But they chose the easier argument, which is to keep Florida State out. And honestly, what they should have done is put Florida State 7. And not 5. Because if you're going to say the four best teams, which they should, and what they are arguing they, they did. Well, Georgia's better than Florida State. And you can argue Ohio State's probably better than Florida State. So... And I don't like Ohio State, and that's why I'm saying that about Florida State, right? So, I think the first four are right, and then it's Georgia, Ohio State, Florida State. Especially because they kept Florida State out as an unbeaten Power 5 conference champion. So, the committee is honestly really fortunate that this and then the first year of the playoff were the only really years where it wasn't settled. Uh, Yeah, here and there, there's been some teams that have Uh, been upset about being fifth and and being left out or we've had some teams been left out that are undefeated that are not happy about the process but really since the first year on until this season the committee has been very fortunate um, that it's been pretty settled now this year after both Texas and Bama win on Saturday afternoon into the evening you have to put both of them in because You're not leaving out the SEC champ, who just beat the number one team. More on them in a second. But Bama has the best win versus Georgia. And Texas has a great win because it's at the SEC champion, Alabama, in their building in T-Town. So, Bama has a great win. Texas has a great win. Now, Bama's loss isn't bad. It's to a playoff team, Texas, right? Texas's loss is bad, but their win is gigantic because it's over a playoff team in their building. Now, I understand you're going to say, AJ, you're talking about two teams' losses. Florida State doesn't have a loss. I know. However, since their quarterback is hurt and they're not the same team that we're ripping off some wins, they're out. And again, it's not like they've been beating everybody, ripping off wins 42 nothing. They've had some big wins for sure, but they've also had a lot of close wins and overtime win at Clemson. Earlier in the season, they escape by two to BC, whom BC was chasing the two-point conversion. If They just kicked the extra points. They're going to overtime, right? So maybe we're not even talking about this Florida State team, but we are. And unfortunately, FSU is out as a product of five conferences for four spots. And also the injury. Because they could argue that the ACC is down. The ACC needed a Clemson to be better than they were this year. ACC needed uh, a Miami or a Carolina or somebody else to be better this year so that Louisville, that uh, FSU could or a Clemson could beat that big team and be undefeated and be in. Now, Florida State has won all the games in front of them. I'm not, you can't knock them for that, and I'm not knocking them for that. But part of the playoff criteria is injuries and coaching suspensions and, and hiring like they consider that. So if Florida State doesn't have their, you know, possible Heisman um, at least ceremony attendee in, in Jordan and Travis, they're not one of the best four teams. So I I get that Florida State is undefeated. I get that they haven't lost the game. I get the argument that you've never left out a Power 5 unbeaten. Well, you could argue we've never seen a Power 5 unbeaten have competition for their spot. Okay? And also, this narrative of they've never left out, of they've never, ever left out on. Uh, an unbeaten Power 5 champion, conference champion. Like, it's been around for 100 years, this playoff. Are you kidding me? Before the playoff, we had a BCS where a computer would say one versus two, and they'd argue about who's two or one, right? They'd argue, they'd argue, they'd argue. And before that, you wouldn't even get the best two teams possibly playing each other in a bowl game and we'd have split national championship. Or are two schools claiming national Are you kidding me? And now we have a playoff and people are so now I understand. If you're Florida State, you're screaming. If you're a Georgia fan, you're screaming. And if you're an Ohio State fan, if you're screaming, you're so wrong. It's crazy, but fine. You can scream. But they went from two to four. There's five power conferences and you consider another name. Right, so imagine if Notre Dame was still in this in this position, what would happen, right? But you got five power conferences, four spots. Someone is always going to get left out if there's always five, uh, uh, value, five deserving, for lack of a better term, conference champions. And I know deserving is not a thing. We'll get to that. But FSU is out. Because they are a product of five conferences for four spots, the injury, and also that Bama and Texas were tied together. You can't take Bama without taking Texas. And you're not going to leave the SEC champ out. And Washington was an unbeaten Pac-12 champ when it, in that league that improved this year. Unfortunately, it's last year as a league. And you're not leaving out Michigan, that's for sure. Coming out of the Big Ten on beating, after beating Ohio State. So, realistically, you had three teams for two spots as Reese Davis was breaking it down. The third spot went to Texas. You had Bama sitting there. You had Florida State sitting there, and I understand Georgia fans are going to be like, we were involved too, well, Jose, we were involved. You weren't at this point, the way they did it. But that graphic comes up, Bama, and I, I understand Florida State people losing their mind. What are we supposed to do? We won every game. This sucks. It sucks. But your quarterback can't get hurt. That's That's the difference. When there's not a lot to split these teams about who's better, who's the top four, who's the best teams, who's the best games, go all that kind of stuff, you got to have your starting quarterback. And that sucks for the rest of the, the kids. That sucks for the coaching staff. That sucks for the fans. That sucks for the alumni. That sucks for the students. It sucks. But when there's five teams for four spots, they're going to go through their criteria to keep out the team with the third screen – Third stringer backup quarterback playing. I'm just telling you that right now. So Florida State, and this isn't a knock on, this is just the facts. They're not favored against any of the teams that are in consideration. Any of the other six. Therefore, they can't be one of the best four. It sucks to leave out a power unbeaten conference champion. Power five unbeaten. But when there are five power conferences for four spots, somebody's left out, and it ain't going to be the SEC. And since it was Bama and Texas, you have to pull them in. So that takes up the two spots. So that's how FSU is out. And the argument of why play the games, that isn't true. That isn't true because... They took Bama and Texas. If the games didn't matter, they would just take Bama. They would leave Texas out. I bet you that. I bet you that. So the argument why they play the games—that's not true. That's 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 bad faith arguing, in my opinion. Now the argument of why FSU was in the spot they were in going into this weekend in the postseason rankings and in the playoff rankings in the week before—if they're if they're gonna get leapfrogged and kept out, hey, that's fair. I can understand that argument. My only counter to that would be they almost just re-ranked the teams week to week. Every year we've seen some teams shuffle. We've seen some teams survive buys and not lose their spot. We've seen teams lose their spot to buys. We've seen teams that haven't played on conference championship Saturday jump teams that did and get into the postseason. So... I get why people are like, well, if they were in the playoff and they win, how are they out? How do they get jumped by two teams? Like, Okay. Fair. But they've always jumped teams in this, in this playoff. There, there's been no – the precedent that has been set is that there are no precedents almost. Every year, every committee is different how they rank the teams, and they just go by their criteria that they have. So the why play the games argument, not fair for me. The argument of why is Florida State in a playoff spot if they were just going to get jumped, I can understand it. My only counter would be they move the rankings regardless almost, it seems like. So I get that point. But here is the big thing. It's about the four best teams, not about who's the most deserving. They said it two weeks ago. That should have been the signal about Florida State. That should have perked everybody's ears up. And I believe I told you this on this program, that that's the way they screw Florida State. Because the narrative that you would have about a Power 5, unbeaten conference champ is that they deserve to go to the postseason. Well, unfortunately, deserved is not a part of the criteria. So the four teams are correct. I don't want to hear about Ohio State. They didn't play conference championship weekend. You hold that against them. You When you play one game a year, if you're a Michigan, if you're an Ohio State, and, and I'm not trying to knock the rest of the league right now, but that's just where that league is, especially that division. Now it'll change when all these other teams come into this, the, the league next year. But when you're Ohio State and you play nobody out of conference, okay, and you're Michigan and you play a couple teams out of conference, but you play cupcakes, okay? You get to that game and you lose it and you don't go to the conference championship game, you're out. I'm sorry. The fact that they got in last year was a, was a circumstantial the way they got it. Okay. So I don't want to hear about Ohio state. They didn't play conference championship weekend. Hold that against them. Get lost. Now, Georgia has an argument. Georgia has an argument. We're one or two in all these rankings We lose one game on a neutral field by three points and we're out of the playoffs. Also, we're not one of the best four teams. I can understand Kirby Smart and the frustration from Athens, Georgia. I get it. But here's the problem. Again, Bama and Texas are linked together. If Texas beat anybody else in the SEC but Bama or Georgia... I think it's both SEC teams going in. And I think both of them lead Florida State and Texas and Florida State are the teams screaming. But since Texas beat Bama in Bama, those teams are linked together. You're taking Bama, you have to take Texas. And there go your spots. You can't put Florida State in. You can't put Georgia in. Because Michigan and Washington have to go. Washington beat Oregon twice. One was at home, one neutral field. Both top ten, top five showdowns. Great games. Washington got the gauntlet in that conference. That conference rose to the the occasion in that last season of football. So Washington's got to be in. Michigan's got to be in. They were steamrolling teams. They beat a bunch of good teams. And then they beat Ohio State again. You got to put them in. So now you got four teams for two spots. If you're taking Bama, you have to take Texas. Argument over. And Florida State, again, unbeaten, power five, conference champ, has never been left out, but they've never had to leave one out. There's never been one sitting there that they say, oh, you're out, because they haven't had the situation present itself where it is five for four like it has been this season. And again, it's about the best four teams, not about the most deserving. If you want to argue most deserving, Florida State's in. Guess what? That's not the criteria. Georgia has more of a case about being one of the best four than Florida State does saying we deserve to go. Because Georgia's arguing about the criteria. Florida State's arguing about um, vibes, for lack of a better term. Okay. So I think they got it right to a point. You have to take Michigan. You have to take Washington. And now you got Bama sitting there. You got Texas sitting there. Florida State, Georgia, possibly Ohio State. Ohio State's out for me. Since you take Bama, you have to take Texas. And since you're doing that, you got to rank Texas above Bama. That's part of it as well. Okay? That's part of it as well. We've seen Texas be ranked ahead of Bama the whole year, coming off that win that they got in Tuscaloosa, that they avenged the loss in Austin in the previous season. Texas. So when yours got hurt, right? So I will say this: the committee got it right. Does it suck for Florida State? Yes. But the answer to the question of what could Florida State done to stay in the play, your quarterback could have stayed healthy. And that sucks for that kid. And that sucks for Florida State and Tallahassee. I understand that that sucks to hear. But that is the rationale. That is the reasoning. That is the logic that they gave you. You're not one of the best four teams because one of your best players, if not your best player, was your starting quarterback, and he's not playing for your team anymore because of an injury and honestly it made the committee's job easier to keep them out because even with him I think they're in but the three teams for two spots thing comes up more so Florida State has a case As long as you say they're not the most, like, the deserving thing, you got to argue that you're still one of the best four. I don't think you are, but that's what you got to argue. Georgia, and Kirby Smart did it in his little exit interview with the CBS crew uh, with Jenny. I'm I'm Jenny Dell, I'm pretty sure, on the sideline there. In the tunnels of uh, the the, uh, Mercedes-Benz Stadium there in Atlanta that replaced the Georgia Dome. Kirby Smart started politically, Real politic, real politicking, uh, as they say. He's already doing it right away. And he knew he had to say, we're one of the best four teams. We're one of the best four teams. Of best... So I can get where Georgia gets upset. But the way it breaks is you got to take the, the Pac-12 champion in a great Pac-12 season and it's an unbeaten champ, right? You got to take the unbeaten Big Ten champ. Michigan had a great season. You got to take the one-loss SEC champ and the one loss is to the big 12 one loss champ and you got to take them too so there's no spot for Florida State there's no spot for Georgia Georgia lost the last game of the year unfortunately that's what keeps them out If they win they keep Bama out and Florida State's in because Texas might be out then you know I don't know so it's interesting. It's very interesting. It's very interesting, but it sucks for Florida State. The quarterback getting hurt is the determining factor. That's just It is what it is. They're trying to get these games to be good. We really haven't had three semis in a good final. We've had some bad semis in a good final. We've had some good semis and a bad fun. Fi- like, we really haven't had three great games of it so far. I mean, they're trying to get it this year. And a, a Florida State team with a backup quarterback going up against Michigan would not have done it in the Rose Bowl. So, it sucks for Florida State. It sucks for Georgia. But when there's only four seats at the table and you're considering six or seven teams, two or three of them are going to be pissed off and have an argument. But I just don't see how you leave out the SEC champ, and therefore you have to take the team that beat them because of the position that that team is in, being a, a conference champ. And you already took the other two teams, so you have no spot for Florida State, and that's what happens. It's it's unfortunate. And and I saw people knocking Herb Street because Herb Street said three weeks ago, win your games and figure it out. And like they won their games, and well, yeah, your quarterback broke his leg. That's the it. I understand that sucks. That has nothing to do with the games. He broke his leg. Injuries are part of the criteria. Unfortunately, that's what, that's why you're out. It's not like they made something up. It's not like they said injuries aren't a part of our consideration, and then they just, no, injuries are a part of it. The starting quarterback, Heisman Hopeful, is out. So you're out of the playoff. Maybe you got a shot next year in the 12th team, for sure. And this was a great year for the 12th team to happen. But unfortunately, it's still the four. So you're out. Good night, the lights. The four teams are correct. It's the best four teams. Now, I get George's argument, but you're not a conference champ. You lose that negoc- You lose that point in your argument, that debate chip. So I think they got it right. I think they got it right. All right, NFL week 13 recap. We had Baltimore, Buffalo, Chicago, Vegas, Minnesota and the New York Football Giants all on the bye Thursday night. Seattle and the Dallas Cowboys, it was the first time the Cowboys had played a team with a winning record in a while and they got a big win, 41-35 in Arlington and both teams had played on Thanksgiving, so it was a full rest for both teams. Nobody on a short week here. Uh, scoring got started with an Aubrey field goal as the Cowboys stalled in the red zone. Then Geno to Metcalf on a slant turned into a touchdown, so Seahawks in front 7-3. A DPI set up the next Cowboy touchdown as a Dak to C.D. Lamb score, so the Cowboys back in front 10-7. Gino to Metcalf, big play, sets up a Myers field goal attempt that he ends up missing. Cowboys come back and down and score a touchdown on a Dak to Brandon Cook's reception, so they're up 10 DPI on a third down kept the Seahawks drive alive. It ends in a Charbonnet touchdown, cut the lead to three. Then fourth and goal, Dax scores. It comes back on a hold, so an Aubrey field goal made it six. Then the Seahawks really turned the game uh, in their favor for a little bit. Geno to Smith and Jigba ruled the touchdown. It gets overturned. A DPI puts it at the one anyway. Then Geno hits Metcalf for another score. So Seattle's up one half end shortly after. Seahawks get the ball to start the second half and get another touchdown on a Geno Smith touchdown run. So Cowboys touched the ball last. They were up 20 to 14. Next time they touched it, they were down eight. Tony Pollard touchdown run, cut it to one. Geno gets picked off by Deron Bland, who was getting cooked early in the game. But the Cowboys go for it. Fourth and two at the Seattle 30. It gets stuffed there. Gino to Charbonnet screen. Sets up goal to go. And then Gino to Metcalf. Touchdown makes it 35-27. A Aubrey field goal on the next Cowboy drive. Cut the lead to five. Then Seahawks decided to go for it. Fourth and one. They get stuffed. Tank, made a, Tank Lawrence made a good play. So they turn it over on downs there. Then Dak, Ferguson touchdown. They go for two and get it. Cowboys up three. Seahawks then fourth and fourth their own 49. They turn it over on downs, uh, another big play there. Then uh, led to an Aubrey field goal. Cowboys couldn't put it away with a touchdown or run the clock. So an Aubrey field goal made it 41-35. And then Seahawks had 143 left, no timeouts. They're faced with a fourth and two, and Micah goes unblocked, blows it up. Gino has to uh, dirt the ball, and that's how that one. And Cowboys get a big win. at home against the Seattle team who's in a playoff position right now. Now, I understand people want to knock the Cowboys and move the goalposts and all these things. Like, they gave up 35 points short. The defense didn't play great, but they made some plays down the stretch of the game when the game mattered the most. So, I will give them credit for that. Now, offensively, a couple field goals. If you score touchdowns instead, maybe the game's put away, but they didn't, so it is what it is there. Now, I will say this. People being like, well, they finally beat a team with a winning record. If they only played two before this, and they lost both, like, again, the narratives and the way people phrase things, like, the never, ever, ever has a power five unbeaten been left out of the playoff. Uh, The Cowboys finally beat someone with a winning. Oh, my God, it's been ages since the Cowboys beat someone with a winning. They played two games. It's week 13. How is that their fault? So, that's moving the goalposts. I'm out on that talking point. Uh, but a good win for the Dallas Cowboys, nonetheless, as they get ready for the Eagles coming to town in a showdown there. All right, games on Sunday. Denver and Houston. Houston wins it 22-17. to And Amandola field goal got the scoring started. Then a Pierce touchdown gets the Texans up 10 nothing. Another Amendola field goal made it 13 nothing. They lose Tank Dell in the first half, so that's unfortunate. Hopefully he can uh, get healthy because he's been uh, big for them, the rookie. A Lutz field goal got the Broncos on the board, so it's 13-3, first half end, same score. Amendola field goal makes it 16-3, but here come the Broncos. A Russ to Sutton touchdown gets them within six. They get it back. Russ gets picked off. Stroud to Collins, touchdown. They go for two. Uh, Stroud gets picked off. It didn't get run back, fortunately for them. Run back two-point conversions later. But Houston up 22-20. Then another Russ touchdown, made it 22-17. Russ gets picked again. Uh, But the Broncos get it back. Russ, a huge scramble for a first down, gets them into scoring range. But then he throws a pick in the end zone to seal it. Houston wins 22-17. Big win for the Texans. A bad football game in New England. Now, I understand the weather was a factor. Windy, some uh, precipitation, some, you know, wet conditions. It wasn't like pouring but it was raining but it wasn't snowing but it was kind of gross so i hey fine Chargers went at six nothing zappy starts pats are on the move early but stevenson fumbles eventually the chargers get a dicker field goal then later in the half they get a second dicker field goal and that was the scoring for the day uh in the second half the pats had a fourth and five at the charger 39 and they turn it over on downs they could have made it at one possession <laughs> even though it was one possession no touchdowns in that one um and then they had fourth and eighth, their own 42 later in the game, and they turn it over on downs again. So the Chargers get a win on the road, six nothing. Defensive struggle in that one. A couple bad uh, plays in that one as well. All right, Detroit and New Orleans. Lions win at 33 28. Lions jumped out early. Montgomery touchdown made it 7-0. Carr got picked off. Goff hits LaPorta for a touchdown. Lions get it back. He hits St. Brown for a touchdown. So up 21-0 early in this one. Saints got on the board with a Derek to jimmy Graham touchdown. What year is it? Jimmy Graham into the end zone for the Saints. Lead cut to 21-7. Patterson extends the lead to 24-7 with a field goal half-end shortly after that. Here come the Saints. Kamara touchdown makes it a 10-point game. Then a Kamara touchdown gets taken off the board, but a Taysom Hill Wildcat touchdown gets put on the board. So the Lions only up three here. Our second Patterson field goal makes it six, 27-21. Carr then fumbles a snap. It almost never really got to him. And a great play design here with the end around turning into a reverse for Jamison Williams, who looks like he got shot out of a cannon when he turned the corner for the end zone here. So into the end zone, Williams, on the end around reverse. They go for two. They don't get it. So it's 33-21. A Kamara touchdown makes it 33-28. Saints get it back. They have 4th and 6 at the Detroit 40, but they turn it over on down. So Lions jump out, end up having to play a game where you thought it would have been comfortable. Maybe they went, you know, 35-10, 35-17. They're never really sweating. Instead, it became a game real quick for that um for that Lions team on the road, new Orleans and give uh, the saints credit for fighting back. But unfortunately could not get it done. That comeback, Arizona and Pittsburgh. Um, I know I was talking a lot about this game because I picked it in survivor pool locks and like that. The Steelers was going to be ugly. They were going to find a way to win the game. Kenny was going to make a couple throws here and there, all that kind of stuff. Well, if he gets hurt, I don't think it's, I don't think it's necessarily my fault or I'm wrong. Okay. I'm just going to put that out there. All right. Um, Arizona wins it 24-10. Boswell got the Stillers on the board 3-0. A Prater field goal tied the game at 3. Then Pickett gets hurt on a goal-to-go play. Mitch in. Fourth and goal. They get turned over on downs. And the Cardinals go 15 plays, 99 yards. Murray to McBride touchdown. They're up 7. Half end shortly after. And then they get a weather delay at halftime that keeps this game in the locker room for a while. Then they start the half. Mitch fumbles. It leads to a Connor touchdown, 17-3. And I believe I have the timeline right because we get another weather delay. So the teams go back in the locker room in the middle of that third quarter. And it's 17-3 Arizona. Kenny's hurt. Mitch is in. Kenny's already in the boot. So we come out of the weather delay. And you're thinking, all right, maybe the Steelers can get back in this. They get a score, make it 17-10 or even a field goal, right? Well, they try to get the field goal and Boswell misses it, which is shocking because he usually makes kicks, especially at home. It led to another Connor touchdown in his homecoming. 24-3, and then Mitch hit Deontay Johnson for a touchdown. I don't want to say in garbage time because they tried to come back, but they did not get the ball. Again, after that, I'm pretty sure. So Cardinals win it 24-10. to Wild, weird game in that one. Atlanta and the New York Football Jets. Falcons win it on the road 13-8. Robinson actually got tackled for a safety. The Jets were on the board 2-0, but a Dalvin Cook fumble... Set the Falcons up to score a Ritter to Pruitt touchdown, so the Falcons up 7-2. Pets a hand in uh, Texas Hold'em, 7-2 there. Greg leg field goal, cut the lead to 7-5. Atlanta, a Youngway Coup field goal, made it 10-5 at the break. Greg leg cut it to 2 again with a field goal, and then a Coup field goal, made it 5 again, 13-8. Boyle gets picked off for the Jets. Simeon comes in for Boyle. He fumbles. Then the Jets had 4th and 17 and thrown 30. They turn it over on down. So not the most impressive win for the Atlanta Falcons, but... In a division where 8-9, and nine, maybe even 7-10 and ten, gets you the division, possibly. Any win counts. And that was a good win for the Atlanta Falcons. All right. Colts and Titans in Tennessee. Colts win at 31-28 in overtime. This is a wild game. I mean, this is a game that shouldn't have gone to overtime this is a bad job by both teams, to be fair. A Derrick Henry touchdown got Tennessee on the board first. Mintry to Pierce touchdown ties it. Then Levis is hit. He fumbles forward, but it was a pick, and the Colts catch it and recover it, but then they fumble, and Levis recovers the fumble, so they keep the ball. Like, I don't know. It it went down as two separate possessions somehow. It was crazy. It's a folk field goal that ends it, so they're in front 10-7. Another Derrick Henry touchdown makes it 17-7. A Matt Gay field goal cut the lead to a touchdown. Minshew fumbled, but the Colts get get it back. A Gay field goal makes it 17-13 at the break. Another gay field goal, cut it to one. Then the Titans get a punt blocked for a touchdown for the Colts. The two-point play, they run it back for Tennessee. So it's 22-19 after a wild sequence. Then the Titans go to punt again. It gets blocked. It leads to another gay field goal. So it's 25-19, Colts in front. Levis to Hopkins touchdown. You're thinking, all right, kick the extra point. You're up by one. It's a dangerous lead, but at least it's a lead. They miss the extra point. So we're at 25-25. We get punts until overtime. Titans get it first. They drive it for a folk field goal. So if they get a stop, the game is over. Colts need a field goal to at least extend the game. Touchdown wins it, and they drive down the field. Minshew Pittman in the end zone. Touchdown. Colts win it on the road in Division 31-28. Miami and Washington. Dolphins put up a big number again, 45-15. A 2 and a Tyreek kill long Catch and run, touchdown, made it 7 nothing Dolphins. Then a Sanders field goal, made it 10 nothing. Howell throws a pick six to Van Ginkle, a guy that I've been talking about um, in the absence of Phillips, and also I think Baker got hurt, so hopefully he's okay. So it's 17 nothing Dolphins. Howell to Samuel set-up goal to go, and then a Howell touchdown, got the commies on the board. Then Tua a deep ball to Tyreek Hill, where everybody was complaining about Tua not throwing it where Tyreek Hill was. Well, Tyreek Hill ran the wrong route and Tua two- threw him open. So everybody on Twitter, shut up. Uh, 24-7. A Mostert touchdown. An A-chan touchdown as he's back. Made it 31 and 38-7 respectively. Howard... Howell, Howard. Howell touchdown. Uh, the two-point play, good. Miami Elite cut to 38-15. Sly misses a field goal and then an A-chan second touchdown. Made it 45-15. Miami Dolphins who are trying to Get that first overall seed in the AFC. Pretty crazy. That'd be big for the Dolphins. All right, Carolina and Tampa. Tampa wins it 21-18. Tampa needs all the wins they can get. Talk about the Falcons trying to win a division. Tampa's there. New Orleans there as well. So Tampa does win this one, 21-18. A white touchdown got the Bucks on the board. Pinheiro field goal got the Panthers on the board. So it's seven-three Bucks in this one. Bake gets picked off, but the Panthers. Turned it over on downs to end the half. Very weird play there. A Hubbard touchdown actually put the Panthers in front in the second half, but then a one-play long catch-and-run touchdown baked to Mike Evans for 75 yards, put the Bucs back in front 14-10. A Godwin rushing touchdown put them up 21-10. Hubbard touchdown. Hubert. Hubert. Chuba Hubert. Uh, Two-point play good. So his second touchdown, they get the two. So it's 21-18 and then a white run sealed it for the Bucs big win for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Browns, Rams in LA, Rams win it 36 to 19. Flacco in for the Browns. I was talking about DTR and PJ Walker and if Flacco was going to be ready, but I still like McVay and I still like Stafford. Well there you go. Um even though Cleveland went up 7 nothing early, Flacco to four touchdown. Rams got on the board with the Haversick field goal and then they get into the end zone, a long catch-and-run. Stafford to Nakua connection, put the Rams in front, 10-7. They could have went in front more, but Harversick misses a field goal. Hopkins field goal ties it. Harvestick field goal ends the half. Rams in front, 13-10. A Hopkins field goal on the first Browns possession of the second half. Tied the game at 13. Then Stafford to Robinson, touchdown, 20-13. Flacco to Bryant, touchdown, missed extra point. So the Rams up one. Browns get it back. Flacco picked on a deep shot. That set up a Stafford to Cooper Cup. Touchdown on the drive. Browns had 4th and 5 at their own 30. They turned it over on downs, so led to a Kylan Williams touchdown. And then they get an intentional grounding that backs them up. They're at their own 1, and Flacco gets sacked for a safety. Rams 36, Browns 19. Niners, Eagles in Philadelphia. The rematch of the NFC. Championship game, and I I said about this game, one that the Eagles had won a lot of games that they shouldn't have, and it was going to catch up with them at some point. Two, the Niners had this game circled, um, really since it came out, as we know. And the Niners had talked a lot about the Eagles because they felt like they got robbed of a real shot of 60 minutes to go to a Super Bowl with the injury to Purdy. And that if they had Purdy, they said they would have blown him out. Well, they had him, and I understand it's not the postseason. I understand it's not a chance to go to the Super Bowl, but it is these two teams in that building. And the Niners proved that they could beat them down, because they did, 42-19. Now, this game could have been a lot different. The Niners struggled their opening couple possessions against the Eagle defense. Uh, they were not playing good ball. And the Eagles, if they get touchdowns instead of two Jake Elliott field goals and sitting there 14-0, maybe it's a different game than 6-0 because here come the Niners. Purdy IU, touchdown, makes it 7-6. They get it back. A McCaffrey touchdown ends that drive 14-6. So the half ends shortly after. Game not away from Philly, but they're trailing again in a game. And it caught up with them because here comes the second half. Debo, end around, touchdown, made it 21-6. Jalen Hurts' uh, shove play, they got into the end zone uh, to cut it to eight. They don't go for two, then Purdy hits Debo for a touchdown. He runs away from everybody, 28-13. Hurts gets injured. Niners go down the field again. Purdy to Jennings, touchdown makes it 35-13. Hurts comes back in. He hits Devontae Smith. They go for two, no good, so it's 35-19. Niners recover the onside kick, and it's another Debo touchdown to make it 42-19. Now, Greenlaw got kicked out of the game because the Eagle security guard, Big Dom, or head of security. Listen, if it's any other team, any other city, any like Big Dom, but since it's Philly, they're allowed to do this. Big Dom is allowed to put his hands on Greenlaw. And I understand people being like, well, he's on the Eagle sideline. Big Dom's just trying to break it up. Having Greenlaw get kicked out of the game and having Big Dom get kicked out of the game like it's like equals and Philly being like, yeah, that's equal. Like genuinely being like, well, actually, like, honestly, Big Dom shouldn't have got kicked out. He's not a player. What are we talking about here? Big Dom. Oh, my God. God bless Philadelphia, man. God bless. Niners hammer him, though. Niners got that revenge that they're looking for. And if they meet up again, that you know, they can beat them. They can beat them there. And if you're an Eagle fan, be like, well, we didn't have our quarterback, so it doesn't count. Don't do that. That's not the argument one you want to have. Don't do that. Don't do that. All right. Sunday Night Football, KC Green Bay. Hey, give the Packers credit. 27-19, they win it. I was knocking love a couple weeks ago. I didn't like the inconsistency because I saw... That he did have the ability. Listen, he's been outstanding since I started knocking him. So maybe the Packer fans owe me one. No, I'm just kidding. Um, no, he's been great. Packers win it. And again, Mahomes has some issues with the receivers. We'll get to the calls at the end of the game, but it shouldn't come down to just some calls, as I always kind of try to say. It, it's a 60 minute football game. Even if it comes down to one play with you, this is the end of the kiss. Is the play like? there were 100 plays before that that were big plays as well you know what I mean so even though this decides the game like yeah but also no so Packers went 13 plays loves the Sims touchdown put them on the board 7-0 Chiefs got the Ziggy off the board with a Bucker field goal then Love hits Watson and the Packers are up 14-3 another Bucker field goal so it's 14-6 so honestly Eagles and Chiefs were in a similar position, down fourteen six. Now Eagles were at home and Chiefs were on the road, but same score. Uh, Pacheco touchdown put the Chiefs within two. They went for the two point play, which I thought they should have kicked it. Uh, it's early to try to tie the game. Like just, just kick it and and you're down one and you see what happens, kind of a thing. Instead, no, they they go for it. They don't tie it. Fourth and one, love deep all The Dobbs that should have never got completed, but that's that's in the Packer DNA. Uh, I remember talking with Moose on m a lot about Rodgers. Fourth and one, he would just chuck the ball down the field, and you'd be like, dude, like, you have a quick slant. Just take the completion and continue to drive, you know? But fourth and one, this one worked out for Love. Um, Love to Watson, touchdown, cap a, uh, caps off that drive, 21-12. Mahomes, the great touchdown. Brings the Chiefs back within two, because they kicked the extra point, actually, which was smart. Carlson field goal made it five Mahomes got picked off Carlson another field goal made it eight now you got some calls at the end of the game and the one with Mahomes going to the sideline that's a clean hit so I understand everybody's upset about that hit okay fine that one shouldn't been shouldn't have been a flag okay we can have a conversation about that but they're always going to try to protect quarterbacks especially near the sideline you should know that but that was a clean hit shoulder to shoulder not on the white on the green I can understand Packer fans being upset about that call. However, the pass interference, no call. The first one is egregious and horrendous. I understand if it's guys battling and hand fighting, doing all that kind of stuff, and you don't want to throw the flag fine. But if a receiver's going for the ball, and a defender is contacting him before the ball is there, that's a foul 100 times out of 100. I'm sorry. Now, is he going to play the ball? Yeah, you have a right to the ball, but you don't have a right through the guy to the ball kind of a thing. You can meet at the ball shoulder to shoulder, but you can't go through the guy to get the ball, right? But that wasn't really this one. that Scanling is going for the ball. From his back, he gets... Interfered with, fouled, whatever word you want to call it. No call. That's bad. Now the Hail Mary call, Kelsey gets shoved in the back. And it is bad. Unfortunately, they've set the rules that the Hail Mary P.I., it has to be jersey ripping, ball about to fall into a guy's hand, he gets speared, then it's a foul. You rarely get that call, unfortunately. That sucks. And I understand if you're a Chief fan, you're screaming about that. Because it should have been, you get an on-time down at the one-yard line, whatever it is, then you got to get the two-point play to tie the game, right? All that kind of stuff. The DPI was bad, and then the DPI miss on the Hail Mary was bad as well. Now... Again, it doesn't come down to one play. The Chiefs are in a game 14-12. They go for two. They don't get it. They should have stopped them on fourth and one. Then it's still 14-12. Instead, they get a score. So, like, you know, any of those Carlson field goals, if they get stops, not field goals, it's a different game, all that kind of stuff, right? So, I don't know. It sucks if you're a Chiefs fan. I feel like you think you got hosed. You probably did. Packers still outplayed you, though. That's the problem. That's the problem. All right, Sunday night to Monday night. Cincinnati Bengals went down to Duval County, Jacksonville, and beat the Jaguars 34-31 in overtime. Bengals actually started off the game fourth and 3 at the Jacksonville 44. They turn it over on downs. ETN goes into the end zone for the Jags. First score of the game, 7-0. McPherson missed a field goal for the Bengals. They get it back. And get the game tied on a Mixon touchdown. Jags then went right down the field. And Lawrence to Ingram. Touchdown 14-7. Then a Mixon touchdown. Tied the game. Half end. Same score. Browning to Chase. Sideline shot. Touchdown. Browning was excellent. You got to give him credit. So the Bengals went up 21-14. Then Lawrence to Parker Washington. The rookie touchdown. It was almost a pick. So we're knotted at 21-up. Then the Bengals, in their own end, ran a trick play where Tyler Boyd threw it back into the pattern of, like, the offensive backfield line of scrimmage. Picked off by out. I mean, what are you doing, dude? So the Jags got set up there. It ends up being fourth and goal. Lawrence stuffs the ball. He kind of just leaps over the pile and extends the ball. So he's in 28-21. Jags lead. Fourth lead change of the game. Browning touchdown as the Bengals drive it down the field. Fourth tie of the game at 28 then Lawrence gets hurt. Jags miss a field goal, a McManus field goal. Bengals make a McPherson field goal, give them a 31-28 lead. Jags get it back. One timeout left, two twenty-eight on the clock, and C.J. Bethard in for the injured Lawrence. And Bethard drives them down the field for the McManus tying field goal. Bengals run a play, but they end up not getting up to the line of scrimmage afterwards, so we go to overtime. Jags end up punting after moving it a little bit, and then the Bengals drive it all the way into the Jags' end. A 48-yarder from McPherson to win the game. He hits it. Bengals win 34-31. Browning was excellent. Uh, Jacksonville obviously concerned about losing the game, but more concerned about losing your franchise quarterback, who's just been amazing for you. Um, in this renaissance under Peterson, it's tough. Um, So you wish him, Trevor Lawrence, that he's okay. And Jacksonville, all of a sudden, who was a team that, with a win on Monday night, took over the one seed in the AFC, now they lose, and if they lose their starting quarterback for an extended period of time, are they catchable in that division with Houston? Of course they are. So uh, Jacksonville, a lot of concerns in Jacksonville t- for Doug Peterson's club Losing the game, obviously, but more about the quarterback. And for Cincinnati, who is a team that's trying to hang in there without their starter, you got to give Browning a ton of credit. He was great. He was great. And the Cincinnati defense made a couple plays when they had to. um, But really, Browning was really good. Give him credit. Give the Bengals credit. A big road win for them in the AFC. All right, from the pros to the student-athletes. College football conference championship game. Start Friday night, Pac-12. Number five, Oregon. Number three, Washington. Washington wins it 34-31. Opening possession, Washington right down the field, but they stalled in the red zone for a field goal. Then Oregon went three and out. Good punt return for Washington. Set up a Dylan Johnson touchdown, so they're up 10-0. Oregon, another three and out. Third down for Penix. He misses a touchdown on a double move, so they had to punt. Oregon finally got a drive going, but they stalled, but they got a field goal, so they're within the or they're in the game. Penix to McMillan, big play. A Bernard touchdown, made it 17-3. And an Oregon three and out. Another Washington field goal, 20-3. So, Oregon, 20-3 on the ropes here. And Knicks to Johnson, big play. Knicks to Ferguson, touchdown. So, they're back within 10. First possession of the third quarter. Four to five, Ducks go for it. They get it on a Knicks to Franklin connection. Then Knicks to James Sharkwheel, touchdown. Um, no, uh, Sharkwheel, big play, sorry. Then, fourth and goal, Knicks to Ferguson, touchdown. Washington lead, cut to 20-17. to 17. That's what the touchdown was. Penix pressured. He gets picked. Two plays later, Knicks gets picked. So, both quarterbacks with turnovers there. Fourth and two, Penix sacks, so they turn over on downs. Bo Nix, huge scramble, you thought. Maybe Heisman moment. A James touchdown gave Oregon their first lead of the night, 24-20. But here comes Washington. Penix, McMillan, big play. Johnson, his second touchdown. Washington back in front, 27-24. The Knicks get sacked on the third down. Penix to poke twice for big gains. Penix to more touchdown. Washington back up 10. So 244 left, three timeouts, but down 10. Knicks to in touchdown. Down three, 34-31. 214 left, Oregon onside kick. Washington knocks it out of bounds. They're faced with third and four. Penix to McMillan. Then, so that converts it. Then they got a holding on a first down. So third and nine, Oregon has a chance to get off the field, possibly get the ball back, but a Johnson run seals it. And Washington, unbeaten the last Pac-12 football champion, unbeaten Pac-12 football champion. They beat their big rival, Oregon, twice in route to the postseason. So congratulations to Washington out of the Pac-12. SEC, number eight, Bama, number one, Georgia. Bama wins at 27-24. Bama had a 3-and-out to start the game. Georgia went right down the field with a Milton touchdown, so you're thinking, oh, boy, Bama's in trouble. They punt it again. Georgia punts it back. Bama was in a good spot. It leads to a Riker field goal, so Bama on the board, down 7-3. Then Georgia went 3-and-out. Milrow to Miller, Shark Wheel touchdown. Here's a Shark Wheel touchdown. So Bama in front, 10-7. Georgia drives it, but three straight plays by the Bama defense, two by Lawson, then one by Turner, a false start makes the field goal longer for Georgia. He hits the upright, Woodring Woodring does, and it comes out. Then fourth and four, Milro to Bond converts it. Milro to Burton touchdown. Bama up 17-7. Half ends shortly after. But Georgia has been in this position all year. They've been down at the half a ton, so it's nothing new for them, right? Well, here come the Bulldogs. They punt, Bama punts, Georgia gets a field goal, so they cut it to 17-10. Bama punts. Georgia fumbles on a trick play. Bama's set up, but they only get a Reichert field goal, so they increase the lead to 10. Georgia punts. Bama punts it back. Georgia gets a good return and sets up a Beck touchdown, so they cut the lead to three. But a Williams touchdown for Bama made it 10 again. Georgia answered quickly with a Milton touchdown, but Bama ends up sealing it a big, big win for the Crimson Tide gives them another SEC championship. Um, and really how they sealed it was the big Milro run where he's been a guy that's been knocked really all season for them. So big play by him to seal it for Saban and the Crimson Tide. Big 10, number 16, Iowa, number two, Michigan, Michigan was it 26 to nothing. Iowa got a first and punted. That seemed like a story for Iowa. Michigan went right down the field. It ends in a Turner field goal. Then a huge punt return, set up a goal to go. Blake Corum touchdown. Iowa then fumbled, but nothing came from it. So it was 10-0 going into the second half. Iowa fumbled inside their own 10. A second, Blake Corum touchdown, made it 17-0. Iowa then had fourth and one of the Michigan 44. They turned it over on downs. Turner field goal. Iowa fumbles again. Turner field goal. Then Iowa fourth and five at the Michigan 45. Turnover on downs. Turner field goal. So, Not the most impressive showing from the Michigan Wolverines, but they didn't really need it. They keep Iowa out of the end zone and off the uprights as well. Big 12, Oklahoma State versus Texas. Texas 49-21. Oklahoma State punts. Good field position for Texas. Uh, First possession, Ewers to Mitchell, touchdown. Oklahoma State punts. Ewers to Worthy, big trick play. Ewers to Sanders, touchdown. Texas up 14-0. Oklahoma State got on the board with a Bowman to Presley, touchdown. But then Ewers... He threw it to the defensive tackle, Swift, for a touchdown. So Longhorn's up 21-7 early. O.K. State was moving, but Bowman gets picked off. Ewers to Mitchell, deep ball, sets up a Baxter touchdown. So they're up 28-7. Then Oklahoma State went three and out. Ewers threw a pick. It was goal to go for Oklahoma State. They're back in the game, down 14. But then a Ewers touchdown made it 35-14. Catch, fumble, Texas recovers. They miss a field goal at the end of the half. Um, Robinson runs, balloons the lead to 42-14, then another Robinson touchdown, 49-14. Then Oklahoma State got another touchdown, but it was over for sure. Texas, very impressive showing in the Big 12 title game in Arlington. All right, ACC, Louisville, Florida State. Florida State wins it 16-6. Louisville had fourth and one, just on the other side of midfield. They turned over on downs. Florida State got on the board first with a field goal. Then Louisville had a bad punt. Florida State missed the field goal, so it 3 nothing. Going into the second half, Louisville ties the game on the first possession of the second half. Then a two-a-feely long run, a two-a-feely touchdown run. Knowles in front, 10-3. Louisville on the move, but they only had a field goal. Then the FSU punter got sacked. Louisville set up, but Plummer gets picked off. Another FSU field goal made at 13-6. And Louisville, three thirteen left, three timeouts, fourth and seven at their own twenty eight. They turn over on downs, a third FSU field goal, and then another Louisville Turnover on Downs ended it. Again, the college football playoff one Michigan. They'll take on number four, Bama. Number two, Washington will play Texas, number three. Florida State, Georgia, Ohio State. The onlookers from outside of the top four. All right, weekend soccer recap, EPL. Burnley, five. Sheffield United, nil at Turf Moor. Jay Rodriguez, early. Bruin Larson scored. McBurnley got sent off for two yellows. Amduni, Kalashow, Brownhill, the other three goal scorers for Burnley. Brentford beats Luton Town 3-1. Neil Mape and Ben Mee got the scoring started for the host. Brown pulled one back for Luton, but Baptiste, the insurance goal, made it 3-1. Uh, Arsenal, Wolves. Arsenal went at 2-1. Saka uh, ball kind of fell to him after he started the movement, made it 1-0, and then a cutback ball from... Zinchenko to Odegaard brilliant finish from Odegaard good ball as well so it was 2-0 for the longest time they couldn't get a third and Wolves made it very interesting with a late goal from Cunha out of nothing really a turnover in Arsenal's own end so they could not get a second and Arsenal did hold on for the three points Forrest lose to Everton at the city ground Dwight McNeil the lone goal scorer there Newcastle beat Man U at home at St. James Park 1-0. Anthony Gordon beat Wampasaka to a A ball at the back post. Pope got hurt, so that's a big injury for Newcastle as they try to get to uh, the next round of the Champions League and compete for top four in England. So some crazy games on Saturday. How about the games on Sunday? They were even wilder. Liverpool 4, Fulham 3. Trent free kick ends up counting as an own goal with an on-off Leno. Wilson levels it for Fulham. A McAllister-Worldie for his first Liverpool goal made it 2-1. Tete, before the half ends, equalized for Fulham. And then later in the match, De Cordova-Reed wins a header at the back post to give Fulham a 3-2 lead. Wataro endo leveled the match, and then Trent Alexander-Arnold won the match for Liverpool 4-3. West Ham Crystal Palace. I thought we would have got more scoring here. Kuda scored for the host Edward scored for the visitors, 1-1 point split. Chelsea-Brighton, wild match here. Chelsea went a 3-2. Enzo Fernandez opened up his Chelsea account, finally with a goal. Colwell scored a big goal to make it 2-0. Buenanote pulled one back for Brighton. Gallagher got two yellows, so Chelsea up one, down a man. They actually earned a penalty. Fernandez got his brace from the spot. Brighton finally get a second. It was Jao Pedro in stoppage time. They had plenty of time to try to get a third to level it, but they could not. So Chelsea get the three points at home. Bournemouth Villa finished 2-2. Semino got the scoring started for Bournemouth. Bailey leveled it. Solanke gave Bournemouth their second lead, but an Ole Watkins 90-minute equalizer header. Split the points. And then we had City, Tottenham at the edge. He had Tottenham down so many players. They still played the high line. They still played brave football, and they got a result. Three-three. Hemmingson against the run of play on a counter got the scoring started. Then he committed an own goal to level the match for City. Uh, City almost walked the ball in net. It's Foden from Alvarez after some tight knit uh, passing in the Tottenham box. Second half action: LaCelso levels the match two-two. Grealish gave City a three-two lead, only for Kulusevski to have a stoppage time equalizer in front of the Tottenham away fans that sent them into delirium. What a match. 3-3 at the Etihad. La Liga, Real Madrid beat Granada 2-0. Brahimi Diaz and Rodrigo, the goal scorers there. And Barcelona beat Atletico 1-0. The former Atletico man, Joao Felix, the goal scorer. Serie A, Monza lose to Juve 2-1. Rabio the goal scorer for Juventus. Then Monza leveled it in stoppage time. Gatti won it in stoppage time. Lazio beat Cazieri 1-0. Pedro goal. AC Milan beat Frasnione 3-1. Jovic Pulisic and Tamari the goal scorers. Jose Mourinho's Napoli. Uh, sorry, Napoli. Roma beat Salsulo 2-1. Bala, Penn. Napoli lose to Inter 3-0. Kalangalu, Barella, and Taram, and Turin beat Atalanta 3-0. Bundesliga action. Rebel Leipzig beat Hoppen. Uh Hedenheim 2-1. Appenda the Penn and Poulsen. Bayern Munich got postponed with Union Berlin because of snow, and leverkusen Dortmund tied 1-1. leung knots beat Nice 1-0, and PSG with an Mbappe goal beat Le Havre 2-0. Uh, midweek soccer preview, we got some midweek EPL. Wolves in Burnley could be a six-pointer. Luton-Arsenal, Luton need every result they can get. Arsenal are going to need every result at the top. Sheffield United host Liverpool, Brighton host Brentford. Interesting game there. Crystal Palace, Bournemouth could be a good game. Fulham, Forest could be a good game. Villa City could be a good game, and then we got Man U, Chelsea, which is gigantic. Chelsea playing better. Man U seems to win a game and then they go into crisis immediately. So looking forward to some midweek EPL. College basketball, Big East battle. Uh, Butler beat Texas Tech in overtime. Creighton hammered Oklahoma State. Houston pulled one out against Xavier. It was interesting against Xavier. It wasn't a blowout. Uh, St. John's beat West Va in a tight one. Uh, Kansas UConn was a great game. UConn even having a lead in that second half for Kansas to come back and win. And TCU holds on against Georgia, Georgetown, 84-83. We had Wisconsin upset Marquette. Uh, Northwestern upset Purdue. Georgia Tech upsets Duke. UNC Wilmington upsets Kentucky. We had Gonzaga beating USC out west. Then we have this week, FAU-Illinois is a good game. Nova-Kansas State, Providence-Oklahoma. Then we got UNC-UConn as well. So some really good games in uh, college basketball this week that we'll touch on golf here before we get to Sarai Pulauks and pick six uh, Scotty Scheffler wins the hero Tigers event seeing some things about Matt Fitzpatrick ratting on Colin for cheating with the the, the greens book I, I don't think there's any blood there Fitz seems like a good guy M- more cow seems like a good guy I, I think it's just maybe Colin uh, made a mistake and unfortunately that's against the rules so you get pedalized The thing about the ball um, changing, it's very interesting. It's a lot of people think they're playing the same things that the pros are playing. Now, in theory, maybe you are in the sense of the same club with the same ball, but it's not the same shaft. It might not be the same grip. It might not be the same, you know what I'm saying? So like it is to a point and they're also not playing the same courses as us. So, To have one ball for professional golfers would make sense in a sense, but also a lot of people like myself to a point play the things that the pros play because the pros are the pros and they're the best at it. So shouldn't I try to emulate the best at it? You know what I mean? So, um, it's interesting. It's very interesting. And the golf world is crazy right now because of the live stuff. So, all right. Had to touch on golf as we get that season going again. I'm sure we'll talk more about golf when the the football ends the the college and the pro stuff we'll get some more golf stuff going. All right, over to the picks segment. Stripe pool locks, not great. One and two on the week. 29 and 10 overall Pittsburgh versus Arizona. Pickett gets hurt, so that's a loss. Miami went to Washington and won. And Jacksonville lost on Monday night. Lawrence got hurt against Cincinnati. So the two losers, Pittsburgh loses Pickett, Jacksonville loses Lawrence. Steelers lose to the Arizona Cardinals and Jacksonville loses to The Bengals, and that's how you lose into our pools, folks. One and two, unfortunately there. Pick six, three and three. So not another five and one week, which we were what 15 and three at one point, which is insane. But three and three, that's all good. 43, 33 and two on the year. The unders were all losers this week, and the other three picks were winners. So there you go. Seattle, Dallas, under 48. I think Cowboys scored, what, 41? So that's a loser. Use of minus three, winner, worried about that one a little bit. Uh, Rams minus three versus Cleveland was kind of worried that, about that for a little bit until it broke open. Niners minus two never really was worried about that even though they were down six nothing so those are the three winners and then the three unders. so the other two KC Green Bay under 43 loser um, not by much though to be fair but Cincinnati Jacksonville under 39 too many touchdowns too many touchdowns in that one so Three winners, three losers for pick six, 43, 33, and two. No damage done really there, but sorry, pull locks, not great. All right, so on Thursday's show, we will look ahead to NFL Week 14. We got Army-Navy to talk about, a little Heisman talk probably um, as well, but more college basketball and, of course, more soccer as we'll have some midweek EPL and the festive fixtures coming up. So plenty of soccer. And the NFL getting to December and the series games starting popping. So, Eagles Cowboys, big preview on Thursday show. So until then, talk to you. Peace. Check out his podcast. That sounds like my kind of podcast. Football, 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 and sometimes other sports show. Sounds like me.